Dateline, January 30th, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australian News Desk for episode 133 of the Airplane Geek Show. Steve Vischer here with you in the studio, and Grant is somewhere on the end of a remote connection. Where are you, Grant? Oh, mate, I'm way out in the boonies here, and uh, I'm doing my best to try and find the Virgin Blue profit margin, and I haven't found it yet. Okay, so you're obviously uh, a long way from home. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I, I, as most people would be aware, aware Virgin Blue have downgraded their uh, reported profit expectation and their stock is falling a little. And uh, yeah, I thought I'd make a big journey and come out here and try and find out where their profit might have actually gone for them. Um, so far, I've found all sorts of things in the jungle, but I've not found any sign of their profit. And uh, they're saying here in a report that I'm reading, Grand and the Australian, that their six-month profit is down to uh, $26 million. That's down from $62.5 million from the same time last year. Yep, that's right. So it's got to be a pretty big thing that I'm looking for out here, but so so far, I haven't had any luck finding it. Well, if you find even a portion of that, uh, you know, put some in the PCDU account, would you? We could use it. Yes, yes. Why do you think I'm out here looking? <laughs> it's interesting too, and uh, you know, this this comes uh, hot on the heels of the news that uh, Air New Zealand has been investing in Virgin Blue. So, uh, you know, perhaps they could use that uh, that capital uh, investment right now. Yeah, well, it's the investment's more been uh, Air New Zealand buying up all the shares. It's not like new money's coming in. It's just they're buying a uh, a rather large chunk of it, Virgin Blue's voting stock. So, uh, by having a, up to fifteen percent, that gives them a bit of extra sway when uh, voting on what Virgin Blue should do um, in corporate spheres. Once once you have a large chunk, you have a bit of influence over the board of directors and so on. So, uh, yes, we'll be interesting to see how this one pans out. It's still developing. Uh, Air New Zealand is at great pains to point out they're not taking control. They're not doing anything like that. They're just helping to solidify their, their alignment with Virgin Blue. Yes, Grant, and speaking of things that have been plummeting, well, uh, Qantas uh, had a bit of a, a go at that this week in one of their, uh, their older 737s, a 737-400, in fact had to make a pretty steep dive after a uh, depressurization incident. That's right. It was uh, it was claimed to have been a uh, problem with the air conditioning system, but reports from passengers on board was that there was a bit of a bang sound followed by the depressurization. So maybe uh, maybe part of the pressure hole has let go slightly and it's not been able to maintain the pressure differential, so they had to do the dive. But I'm not sure of the exact details at this stage, but one thing that is for sure is that the uh, reporting on it was pretty woeful. Oh, absolutely terrible. And uh, this, this aircraft involved here was was a um, ex-Australian Airlines aircraft. In fact, the second one uh, that, that came into service with Australian Airlines, so it's pretty old. They, in fact, I can remember those aircraft coming in in about 1992. So uh, done a few miles, but that doesn't mean to say that it's any, any sort of uh, poor state of repair as far as we know. This aircraft uh, was flying on the uh, the 25th of January on a trip from Adelaide to Melbourne. Now, that's uh, not even an hour's flight generally. 99 passengers on board. And uh, yeah, Grant, as you mentioned, the uh, we, we picked up on a report, and we might just mention, folks, that this is actually the second go we've had at doing this report because... Uh, the first go we had was basically geared at just slamming this uh, this Channel 9 uh, news report. It was just terrible. But uh, we've got cooler heads today, Grant, as we're recording this, and we decided uh, we'll, we'll be a little bit more diplomatic, but uh, hey, not much. <laughs> no, we're still going to bag them out because the, there's a couple of things that came out from the report was that uh, no one on board was telling anyone what to do. Well, that's because the pilots were too busy flying the aircraft and the uh, cabin crew would have been too busy making sure there weren't any bits flying around inside because apparently they were in the middle of the service when it happened. And the other part was that... You You've got reports from passengers saying that when the masks fell down, they had no idea what to do and no one was telling them what to do. They said it was a lot of chaos within the, within the cab and basically a lot of people were screaming. Certainly uh, when you see uh, you know oxygen masks fall from the ceiling and, and no explanation of what exactly is happening, you know, no wonder you panic. One man said that he's been travelling for 30 years and never, ever, ever experienced something as frightening. Another woman told me that uh, she, she really thought that the man next to her was going to have a heart attack, that he simply didn't know what was going on. She was actually taking it upon herself to help put oxygen 
oxygen masks on passengers because no one seemed to be doing anything. Particularly before the pilot made any sort of announcement, there was a lot of confusion. And uh, one lady even told me that she looked over and saw that the air hostesses were panicking and, uh, you know, holding their noses and, and breathing quite heavily. And certainly when you see people in positions of authority that are meant to know exactly what is going on, yeah. you, uh, you certainly think that you would be given some sort of instruction. I always thought in the safety briefings that they always said if the masks fall down, grab them, put the strap over your head, adjust and breathe normally. Why didn't they do that? And we're getting reports of passengers on board panicking and freaking out and no one knowing what to do. And it's, I mean, it sounded like something from one of our favourite movies, didn't it? Yeah, it sounds just like this, in fact. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. Down, get a hold of yourself. Yeah, so there you go, out of the uh, movie Airplane or Flying High, as it was known in this country. And granted, that does go to make a point, and I guess uh, we should reiterate it here. And we hear a lot of um, airlines saying, adding now to the start of their safety brief, something along the lines of, uh, we'd urge you to pay attention, even if you fly often. And, you know, how many times do you see yourself watching the safety briefing and looking around and, and seeing other people that are just paying absolutely no attention? So there were so many uh, people coming off this flight, standing in front of the first available news camera and saying, oh my God, I had no idea what to do. Well, you know, we can understand and I'm sure that, uh, you know, the adrenaline would be pumping. But you see that mask in front of you? Yeah, well, go go ahead and grab it. And um, this this news report, in fact, went on to suggest that uh, the cabin crew were panicking and popping their ears and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, what, what do you expect they'd be doing? I mean, it was, it was just appalling. So anyhow, we won't run on about that too long, Grant, but uh, you had something else to add? Oh, mate, I thought it was the piece de resistance, as they say, about this one whole report. And that was this little stumble here. Spoke to Qantas a short time ago. They've basically called this incident uh, what's known as a decompressurisation within the cabin. Yes, and there you go, that reporter Chloe Bugelli, I think her name is. And, uh, well, I don't know, she might be a good journalist for all I know, but uh, she obviously knows nothing about aviation. Decompressurisation, hey? A new term. Mate, I thought that was brilliant. It's amazing what happens when you get put on the spot. As we know, sometimes we have to do things live and without without the benefit of your editing. Thankfully, the Oz desk is not like that. No, and we won't be trying that anytime soon, Grant. (laughs) So anyway, we just thought uh, we would uh, bring in a a panel of experts here and uh, just uh, have a little bit of a uh, a frank appraisal of how that news report went. Yeah, what do you think of it, guys? That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. And just briefly, as if things uh, couldn't get any worse for Qantas over the last few months, they had another 747. 400 uh, this week, uh, turning back to Bangkok with, you know, I guess it was a precautionary return to its point of origin here, Grant. Um, you know, they had an engine here on a Boeing 747-400 uh, with a fuel flow problem. In fact, it was using uh, too much fuel, so they, they turned it around and, uh, you know, no problems there. Nobody heard, of course, but of course, more delays and more bad press for Qantas. Um, gee whiz, they can't take a trick these days. I know, they were getting hammered again because once again, it's an RB211 causing them some problems, like the uncontained engine failure out of San Francisco, the contained engine failure out of Singapore and a number of other engine-related issues that have been uh, causing them problems. Because, uh, as we know, the 787 is late. There's been delays getting all the A380s they wanted. They're flying some of these 747s longer than they wanted to, using older equipment. And so when you push the boundaries in terms of uh, utilisation, things are going to go wrong. Uh, perhaps the uh, level of maintenance that they're getting from this all-together package from Rolls-Royce may not be giving them all they want, but 
this is the way it goes. Uh, I, I guess poor Qantas, at least they're not as bad as Garuda, who uh, remember we were bagging them because they were going to be doing an IPO and we we're wondering who on earth would want to buy into them. Well, it appears not as many as they thought and they've had to uh, reduce the scope and the amount of the IPO for uh, Garuda. Oops. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, in, I guess the world's coming out of this global economic crisis that we've been through lately. But, you know, I just wonder, uh, airlines took a fair hammering during that time and I wonder now just how keen investors are going to be for a while to uh, reinvest their money in the airlines and it would appear from this IPO that uh, perhaps they're still being a little cautious. I'd say so and probably rightly so as well because uh, as many people have pointed out, having shares in airlines is not always a way to earn money. Yes, well we shan't be investing in any such things here at the Australian News Desk folks. In fact, Grant, uh, I think you're out working at the moment investing in your own uh, bank account and funding. Yeah, well it's not just out looking for Virgin Blue's missing profit, it's yeah, I am also uh, working on my ballooning licence. I've been uh, doing a few tethers and if you follow me on Twitter and Facebook you'd know that I've been uh, getting a bit of fun tethering a few balloons here here and there and uh, hoping soon to head out again and uh, get some more hours up and finish off my licence. That's excellent, mate, and we all look forward to uh, seeing many pictures and Twitter posts and all that sort of stuff about that. It's uh, really interesting to watch, actually. Uh, five for one, I've never been up in a hot air balloon, Grant, and you so far in the two years I've known you have been unsuccessful in convincing me. Yes, I know, I know. I, I, anytime you want to go, we'll get you in a balloon, but you just don't seem to want to go, mate. Gosh, is that why. the time? <laughs> Well, I must be going. Uh, Grant, I'll, uh, I'll leave you there at the other end of that uh, remote connection. Uh, actually, it was pretty good this week, considering it was a, uh, a mobile phone hooked through Skype, so we've done pretty well. But uh, anyway, before it craps out, we'll uh, sign off. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Oh, oh, is that a flickering pot of gold? Oh, am I seeing? No. Oh, Grab it, damn. grab it, grab it. No, it's I've, somebody else got to it before I could. I'm not the only one out here looking for virgins missing profit. Damn those leprechauns. <laughs>